If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg. Today, we are going to be having a conversation with Kathleen Duffy about how to find the perfect candidate for your open positions at your organization. Before we do, though, and I have a feeling that maybe our conversation may go there a little bit as well, I just got to share with you the importance of strategic planning. You know, this is one of the things that successful nonprofits that we do. We help organizations by facilitating their strategic planning process. And it is critically important because it's difficult to get where you want to go if you don't know where you want to go. So if your organization is looking at doing strategic planning next year, you're probably thinking about talking to prospective consultants now in the fall and also thinking about budgeting it. So this would be the perfect time to reach out to me at SuccessfulNonprofits.com and start that conversation. Now, it is my pleasure to introduce to you someone that I met, I think maybe 18 months ago, and that's Kathleen Duffy. Let me share with you how I met her. I was the interim executive director at an organization, and we had this one position that we were having the hardest time filling. So when I say the hardest time filling, we posted, we obviously got lots of resumes, we interviewed candidates, but you all know if you're a regular listener, you know that I believe an empty seat is better than a bad hire. And we could not find the right candidate the first time we posted. So then we posted again. And in addition to posting, we did a little bit of outreach just to see if we could, you know, shake the bushes and the trees and find a few more candidates. And we did another round of interviews. And once again, we did not find the perfect candidate. At this point, we were like four, five, maybe even six months with this seat being empty. And finally, I turned to a colleague in that city, and I was like, this is so frustrating. I'm having the hardest time filling this position, and this is a key position. We've got to fill it. And the colleague said to me, you know, you should call Kathleen Duffy. And I did. And I got to tell you, 
Kathleen and her team at the Duffy Group, they are experts at sourcing candidates. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about what they do, but, you know, they're really not a full-service recruitment and search firm. What they do is they help you get the perfect candidates, and they do it in a way that, frankly, it actually cost us less money than had we went out and hired a full-service recruitment and search firm. And so one of the things I became struck by as I got to know Kathleen just a little bit is that she really is an expert an expert at sourcing candidates. And so when I saw that Kathleen had a new book out that is called Revolutionizing Recruitment, of course, you know, I had to read it. And in reading it, there's one paragraph I need to read to you because this perfectly describes Kathleen. She says, My mission and the mission of my company is to successfully and precisely target the people who are the very best match for my clients' open positions. But it's more than simply finding great employees. I make a commitment to my clients, a commitment based on trust and focused on collaboration. And if there is one paragraph that introduces Kathleen Duffy, it is that very paragraph. So please, listeners, join me in welcoming the author of Revolutionizing Recruitment, Kathleen Duffy. Hey, Kathleen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Alf. It's great to be here. Thanks for those kind words. Oh my gosh, of course. Well, I I know you have an interesting story about how you ended up getting into the search piece of actually going out and sourcing the candidates. Yeah, so um, you know, as it, it, I, I kind of tell my story in in the book, as as I was a student at Arizona State University, and uh, this was uh, the early '80s, and uh, when I graduated, and you know, there was there was one of those lovely recessions that I came into, um, but we didn't really talk about recruitment as a career path. At that point, you were a teacher, a nurse. Um, an accountant, and, and maybe even an engineer. Um, and so I really bumbled around for a bit before I discovered that I was really destined to be in the recruiting world. The student activities that I was involved in at Arizona State University all surrounded recruiting students to ASU or to the Greek system or whatever the organization was that I was part of. So I, um, I did a, a very short stint in corporate America. That was not a good fit for me. Uh, so I uh, ended up working for a boutique search firm and that's really where I learned my craft. And then after eight years, I had the opportunity to start my own business. And Kathleen, before we talk about that piece, I also have to just kind of acknowledge that you learned that craft of of sourcing great candidates at a time when it was a very different world. So, you know, it seems, it sounds to me like you were not just on LinkedIn looking up candidates and going, oh, this person. Oh, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, we didn't even have computers. We didn't even have word processing. So we just had that lovely Selectric typewriter. But no, so, so my job was to go to the library and pull out resources like the Thompson directory or other types of directories, encyclopedias, maybe even, and identify the companies that our client needed us to pull from. And then we picked up the telephone 
and called into companies asking them to help you know facilitate us to the whomever the the person was the cfo the head of marketing whatever the, the job was and so just so i understand like if you were filling for example like a cfo position you literally would just cold call like a company switchboard and say hey who's your cfo oh jane can i talk to her you know, again, it, it wasn't, um, you know, the social media. I mean, people just didn't know. And then you also knew that if you called during lunchtime, there was probably a temp at the switchboard. And the temp may not know, you know, what was going on. And so you were more likely to find somebody, uh, get the names of the people that you wanted at, at lunchtime. I, I love that. That's a good point. Yeah, you're much more likely the temp does not know, oh, I'm supposed to screen calls. I'm not supposed to send people over to Jane. Right. That's awesome. Right. And I'll share with you um, a, a trick that I've kind of learned, and I actually, I'm shocked how often this works, that if often if I call between like 5 and 5.45, if someone has an executive assistant, the executive assistant's gone home and they pick up their own phone, and I'm like, hey, Jane, how are you doing? Right. Exactly. Well, and now it's even easier, you know, you have access to cell phones. And uh, so it's, it's much, much easier than it used to be. Mm -hmm. But but I, I wanted to point that out because it does feel to me like, like you learned not just some of the new ways to do it, but also the old ways, which are also still effective. Right. As a matter of fact, that is part of our training program here because so many of our, our young people that that are joining the organization are only familiar with technology. They, mm -hmm. they don't know anything else. And so we've had to teach them how to feel comfortable picking up the phone and, and making a, a call to somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I've seen that too, where there's a lot of folks now that are much more comfortable texting or emailing, and there's this sort of level of anxiety around actually talking on the phone. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we give them a few tries, and then before they know it, they are like, well, this isn't that bad. Before you know it, they're off and running. And so you became an expert at really sourcing those candidates. Then what did you do with that expertise? So I I really helped my the company that I was with. And then in uh, 1991, or actually it was the, the end of 1990, when the people I was working for were relocating to the Bay Area, I had a decision to make. Did I just contract my time back to them um, or start my own business? And so I decided to start my own business. And then the other, then the next decision was who was going to be my client audience? Do I sell the recruitment research services to other executive search firms or do I sell it to corporate America? And so I opted for corporate America. And that's really where, um, you know, companies were now able to unbundle the search process. You know, in your kind introduction, you talked about not being full service. And that's one of the benefits that people don't necessarily need to buy all the pieces of the process. Right. And then to work in a billable, you know, billable time as, as opposed to a percentage of the candidate salary, it put the client in control of their recruiting spend really finding the right candidate, not pushing the candidate that was going to give me the biggest fee. Right. A absolutely. And I know one of the things in your book, Revolutionizing Recruitment, one of the things that you talk about is the importance of knowing your organization's strategy as part of finding that perfect candidate. Can you say a little bit about that? 
Sure. So the, the first part of our process is the is the intake process. And that's where we, uh, my practice leaders, uh, and probably one of the lead recruiters, will visit with the hiring leader and any other stakeholders. And, you know, in addition to finding out about the position, about the company, it's really, you know, where is this person sitting today? What companies are they working for? What position do they hold? What is their background? So, so that way we can go ahead and find out why you aren't, you know, you talked about the, the project that we supported you on and you just weren't getting those people that were currently employed doing it because they're not looking, they're passive job seeker, right? So that's probably the, the biggest part of the strategy is really nailing down where are these people right now? What are they doing? And, and then being able to tell the story, the client's story, because remember, they are passive. So they're getting this call out of the blue. They're happy in their job. But what's going to intrigue them to explore this next opportunity? Right. Kathleen, one of the things you said that I think is just so critical is when we post a position, pretty much the only people who apply are people who are currently looking. But the vast majority of the workforce and the vast majority of the people who you might actually want to hire aren't currently looking. Correct. Correct. Yes. And that's why they call it post and pray. Mm-hmm. So let me share with you, other than just post and pray and hope your prayers come true, how does a nonprofit find that perfect candidate? Well, the, the nonprofits that we have worked for, again, it starts with the strategy. So, you know, I, I liked where you uh, talked about your strategic planning process and, and really making sure that you get where you want to go. And you can't get where you want to go if you don't have the right people on the bus, right? So what we help our, our nonprofit clients do is not only find the right candidate, but understand what the market looks like. So for example, um, you know, people, a lot, of, a lot of organizations want the candidate to have some direct tie to the mission. So we um, will work with faith-based organizations and they need to be tied to that particular faith. Um, we have worked with um, organizations that support children or, uh, you know, I guess children predominantly with um, disabilities. And so they are looking for people who have a child or family member that has that disability. Um, and so it helps the, the research because we provide the market data helps them understand what that population looks like out there. So, and they also get the list of candidates. So our clients get that list of candidates. So they may not only be recruiting for today, a position today, but also well into the future. So that aligns very nicely with the strategic planning process because if you know that you're gonna be growing your development function, then you wanna bring in a head of development right now, but maybe uh, you know, three or six months from now, you're going to need to bring in some development officers, whether they be major gifts or just corporate, whatever that, you know, the breakdown is, then your hiring leader already has a base to start from. And they can go out there and start building the relationships 
with those candidates because as I, you know, as you kindly read in the beginning, it's really about trust and collaboration. And that's what we want to do. We want to collaborate with our clients to make sure that they do have the right people in their in their organizations. So Kathleen, you know, as you know, a lot of nonprofits are really cost conscious. And so if an organization says, okay, we want to do more than post and pray, but we're not yet ready to pay an expert like you or someone in your in your firm to source those candidates. What are some things that nonprofit executives can do to source some candidates on their own other than just posting and praying the right people come along? Well, I would say that nonprofits don't really need to focus on the sourcing piece if they're going to be using a recruitment research firm. What, again, the reason why I am all about the unbundling process is it's my belief that, Dolph, you know how to take a candidate through the back end of the process. You could do final interviews with them. You could do the negotiation. You could extend them the offer and you could onboard them. So that's where the nonprofits need to be spending their time so that they do make sure that there is a really good culture fit and taking them through that process. And that's really where I see the nonprofits being able to capitalize on the recruitment research model and not pay for the back end of the process. Now, at the same time, if they need the guidance and the coaching, especially if you're working with a search committee to help facilitate that, then there's a facilitator there who can help through that process too. But once again, you get to manage the amount of time in the budget. Right. Hey, I'll share with you, though, I, I can hear, like, listeners on my shoulder on my left and my shoulder on my right um, at some smaller, medium-sized nonprofits saying, okay, we get that maybe the best thing to do is to engage a professional um, to really source those candidates, but we want to try to source them ourselves first. What are some things they can do before making that decision? Because, And I'll say, like, I found myself in that situation before, you know, as an interim, before I engaged you, because I was like, let me first see if I can do the outreach and find the right candidate. So what are some things that executives could do to do that outreach? So, so the, the first thing that they could do is make sure that they do the strategy in the beginning. What's the search strategy? So where is that person currently employed? So once they get that list of who, where they are today, then they can go and, and find out who the who the head of development is or whatever the role is, right? And then just do the direct outreach. They can do that through LinkedIn. They can find these these folks, you know, on the nonprofit websites, and just approach them and say, "Hey, Dolph, um, I'm with ABC Nonprofit. We're looking to, uh, you know, bring on a new fill in the blank and." I love your background and I'd love the opportunity to chat with you about it. And and then let's say then that candidate or prospective candidate, not even a candidate yet, let's say that prospective candidate says, oh yeah, I'd like to talk. Well, like what does that conversation look and sound like? So it, it'll obviously vary. But um, so, okay, Dolph, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to tell you more about our ABC position. And um, have you you know, considered looking at an opportunity outside of wherever you are today? Um, you know, what mm -hmm. what made you t 
take my call. Yeah. You know, let, let me tell you, you know, uh, what are you looking for next? Mm -hmm. and, and so I think it's, you know, to get some questions out there so that you can find out, you know, Dolph, are you just looking to make, you know, another $10,000 more a year? Well, I may not really be that interested in you because you're all about money and I really need to make sure you're tied to my mission. And see, and that's what I was going to say. Like one of the areas I think you have such a gift is the ability to really assess for fit in that conversation. So, so obviously one of the questions that you mentioned is, you know, would you consider working for an organization like ours? What are some of those other fit questions that you might ask when you're doing that sourcing call? So we call those the the knockout questions or the, or the hurdle questions, right? So again, if it's tied to the mission, you know, um, I understand that you, um, or what is your direct tie to, to the autism mission? You know, where, where is that in there? Talk to me about, again, you know, um, we might, especially with faith-based organizations, we have to say, you know, uh, our client is a faith-based organization. They do require all their employees to sign a statement of faith. Is that something that you would be able to sign, feel comfortable signing? So things like that, that are very, very specific to the organization. And are there other fit type questions? So like, a, as an example, um, sometimes a position has turned over a lot. And so you've explored the reasons why it's turned over and you realize, oh, we need someone who, I'm going to make this up, but we need someone who's okay with 50-hour work weeks. And it's just, it's probably never going to be anything but a 50-hour work week. Like, how do you how do you assess that in the conversation? Because often people will say, oh, yeah, I'm willing to do that. When in reality, once they're doing it, they're like, oh, 50 hours is a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Right. So that, I might say that to be a second tier hurdle question, if you will. And that's where you get into our culture. Um, so Dolph, we are, um, we're growing very rapidly. We've um, had an infusion of grants. And so that is allowing us to really ramp up our programming right now. Um, but we're still a pretty lean and mean organization. And people are having to roll up their sleeves and they're having to wear multiple hats. Can you tell me about a time that you've, you know, burnt the candle at both ends as well as in the middle? And how did that go for you? Oh my gosh, I, I love that question. So let me ask you what you do when the reverse happens. So you reach out to someone, and they say, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm not interested." You know, thanks for thanks for reaching out. Is there anything else you do or ask of that person? Oh, absolutely. Nobody gets away with that answer. So 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 what do you do then, so that they don't get away with it? Right. So. So then we ask them, well, you know, we, if we've got, if you've got a few minutes, I'd love to know a little bit more about your background. Mm -hmm. Kind of walk, walk me through your background, Dolph, and, and where you've been and, and, you know, what's next for you. And then, you know, we learn, we learn a little bit more about you. And then I'm, you know, then I might be able to even turn it around and say, you know, you mentioned this and let me tell you about this organization. I think you might want to reconsider throwing your hat in the ring because what you're doing and the experience you have would really make a big difference over here. Mm -hmm. And so there's ways to, to turn it around, but nobody ever gets is, is can get off the phone. I, I, I love that. And so if I, if I say, yeah, you know, it's still not a good time to move. I've got a family vacation in two months and don't want anything to interrupt that. Sorry, just not a good time. Do you, do you then ask for other people they might know or, or do you say, okay, thanks so much? 
Yes, we always we always do that. But the other thing too is we then we make a note. So is it because you're going to go on vacation or is it because you have a child that's a senior in high school and can't relocate or is it because you have aging parents? Um, so that's where that database and that market data become very, very important for, for not only the recruiting of today, but in the future. Because now that child is going to graduate from high school, go off to college, and you might have another opportunity to be able to look at my organization. So again, it's my job as the hiring leader to make sure I stay in touch with you a couple times a year, just touching base, and then when the opportunity um, comes up again, I can do that outreach to you. And you're probably going to be much more inclined to have that call with me because you're, you know that I really want you. Mm -hmm. You know that I took the time to stay in touch with you and I, um, and then I reached out to you. Mm, I, I love that. That, that makes a ton of sense. Now, also as I think about sourcing candidates. I think one of the difficult things that we often have as nonprofit executives is having that conversation around money up front. What are your thoughts about that? Asking about compensation? Yeah, up front. Well, you know, that's a tricky question now um, because there's a lot of states where you're not allowed to ask the question. So we have some ways that we go about that into like, um, you know, what would the dollars need to look like in order for you to consider a change or because we have to have some idea of where you are, because if you're, you know, making, you know, $100,000 a year and this position pays $75,000 a year, you know, I certainly can't waste your time, right? So there are different nuances to ask that question. I, I, I really like that phrase. What do the numbers have to look like for you to consider this position? What a great way to phrase it. See, Kathleen, I knew you would have the magic phrase. I knew that. <laughs> There's a beauty in having more gray hair now than I did 30 years ago. Well, and also, I'd be willing to bet you've, you've had that conversation with thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And you know what? I have to have them with uh, with the people that we're recruiting as well. So I'm not, uh, you know, it is it is just as hard for me, especially in this economy, to find talent as it is everyone else out there. So I, I'm feeling the same pain as you are. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So um, do you have any other thoughts around um, just ways to make the search easier during this kind of tight labor market? You know, I think it is really just about um you know, I guess I get asked the question a lot about sign-on bonuses and, and quite honestly, I'm not a big fan of sign-on bonuses because that just means somebody is there for the money and they'll, they're going to come because they're going to get a thousand bucks and they have to stay for six months and then they'll leave and then they'll go someplace else and get another thousand bucks. Um, I really want people that are coming for your company culture. And, you know, people are now looking at your websites, your social media. They're looking at what your brand is, what your culture is. Um, you know, in the nonprofit community, it's different than the, the for-profit community because you all are, are making such a huge difference in the world. But that's what people want. And, you know, while people do want to make a, a good living, 
they also, especially our younger people, are also more concerned about how you're changing the world and, and what impact that you're making. And I think that is is almost more important to our new generation coming into the workforce. Right. I, I know you mentioned you're not a big fan of sign-on bonuses. How do you feel about retention bonuses? I love retention bonuses. I love retention bonuses. And um, I know that a lot of companies will uh, offer paid training. And it's, it's a significant, uh, you know, training that they will that they offer and then they they may have people sign a retention bonus that if they leave within you know two years three years after receiving the training and the certification that they have to uh forfeit Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that money nice so kathleen thank you so much i'm glad you joined us but you know just the same way you can't let those prospective candidates off i i can't let you out of this interview until i ask you the off the map question And I think I've got a good one for you. So if our listeners were only going to read two books between now and the end of the year, obviously one of them is Revolutionizing Recruitment. What is the other book that they should read? The other book that that has really become my Bible over here is um, called Question-Based Selling. And it can be used in so many aspects of your life because it's all about asking diagnostic questions to really uncover issues that, you know, so you can be using it from a development perspective, right? You know, uncover what are, what are, what are the issues that I personally am passionate about so that you can address those and then encourage me to donate to your organization. So it has been really a, uh, a game changer in our organization to, you know, follow these this these processes and techniques to really uncover issues and address them with our clients, and and it, we've been able to do it with candidates too. Mm-hmm. That that's awesome. I'll share with you. Earlier today, I was talking to Jack Silverstein, uh, who's a, a fundraising guru, and as part of that, we were talking about the fact that you kind of go on a lot of first dates with prospective donors, and the trick is to try to determine through questions whether or not someone has the commitment and is passionate about your mission, et cetera. Because if you can figure that out early and you know they're not, then you don't have to have the second date. You you thank and you release. Um, so, yeah, so it's question-based selling. I'm going to have to add that one to my list. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Kathleen, thank you for joining us. And listeners, if you want to know more about Kathleen or her work, The first URL I want you to check out is duffygroup.com. And there you can find out more about her practice, what they do, and how they do it. Now, if you're interested in this book, and you should absolutely be interested in revolutionizing recruitment, obviously you can go onto amazon.com and order it or walk into any bookstore and order it as well. You also can go to KathleenDuffyGroup.com and that is the website that she has set up for the book. So make sure you check out both of those. And if you are someone in your organization who is responsible for hiring, please do yourself a favor and order Revolutionizing Recruitment. Kathleen, once again, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Dolph. It's been a pleasure. Listeners, if you got benefit out of this episode, there are two more episodes you should consider listening to. The first is episode 86, 
offering employee benefits your team will love with Liz Freyer. You know, you can recruit great candidates, but part of how we keep them happy and keep them is we're a great employer, and benefits are a big part of that. So make sure you check out episode 86. I also want you to consider episode 117, because sometimes recruitment's not just about staff in the nonprofit sector, it's also about your board. And so episode 117 is from recruitment to recommitment, building the board you need with Kate Hayes. That, listeners, is our show for this week. But before I wind it down, I want to just do two quick things. The first, please, if you share this on social media, tag us, Successful Nonprofits. Please make sure you do that. Also, do me a huge solid and rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast streamer. It actually helps people find the podcast. I hope that you have gained some insight in this episode to help your nonprofit thrive in a competitive environment. And while there's not literally a lawyer standing behind me forcing me to say this, the lawyers do make me say it. I am not an accountant nor an attorney, and neither I nor the Goldenberg Group provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. In fact, when you go to our website, it says that too. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be relied on for tax, legal, or accounting advice. If you find yourself in need of that, please, please find a licensed, qualified professional who specializes in the very specific area that you need that help in and get that, that help from them. 